Blog Talk Radio.
and the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Evening into the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you know, uh, famous final public words, at least by the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, definitely some tragic events befalling uh, the wrestling world uh, as of late with the passing of the Ultimate Warrior. Um, we here at the Ken Reedy Show would like to extend uh, sympathies to his his family his wife his children all his fans friends uh, the wwe family um really just a tragic tragic event occurring uh a little less than a week ago and uh we're going to do our best here tonight um pay tribute pay respects uh give our sympathies uh, as well as getting you ready for uh monday night raw which is going to be a tribute show for the ultimate warrior uh, lots of stuff to talk about. We have uh, a bunch of guests calling in. Uh, the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, is going to join us. Uh, Steve Off, as well as Ray Ray Mars, uh, giving us uh, their take on uh, Warriors' place in history, uh, what this year's WrestleMania meant to the wrestling business, and you know everything else we can get. We just wanted to kind of give you a different take and kind of get some people from the business uh, to give their take on, on everything going on right now, just uh whirlwind of different events so we're going to do our best tonight to sort through it if you want to give us a call you know we're going to leave it free flowing you want to talk about raw tonight you want to talk about wrestlemania or you want to give us maybe your favorite ultimate warrior memory uh please give us a call tonight 347-838-9815 that is the number to call check us out on facebook facebook.com slash the ken reedy show we got a chat going right there so check us out over there on facebook we're on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show, as well as our website, thekenreedyshow.com, with everything going on. And just, again, what an unbelievable, uh, un- unbelievably tragic uh, passing of the Ultimate Warrior. Would not be able to, to get through everything uh, we're going to try and get through tonight without my tag team partner. Uh, we were in New Orleans together. We did the WrestleMania experience, and we're going to give you our take, as well as our take on the Warrior. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Uh, let me just say what a week um, between our WrestleMania experience and this this uh, news of his untimely passing. Uh, there's a lot to digest and a lot to take in. But I'm, I'm, I'm all things considered, I'm doing very well. So first off, and and I think that you know, and we've talked about a lot on this show that we really try. You know, we're not that show that you you come on and and we rip everything. I mean, we try and stay positive, and but sometimes you gotta. Uh, be critical and and with a show like tonight um, I kind of want to get the negativity out of the way as as quickly as possible and we had our pre-show meeting we were going over this I mean Dave and I are both uh, um, you know in agreement that let's get this out of the way Uh, let's let's address the 800 pound gorilla in the room Um, uh, the report that was that was filed by one Ms. Nancy Grace uh, about the passing of the Ultimate Warrior was just uh, some shoddy journalism, Dave. I'm curious your your thoughts initially on uh, you know Nancy Grace's report, quote unquote. Well, it doesn't surprise me the caliber of uh, of one Nancy Grace. I mean, she's you know she's my generation's version of Geraldo. It's it's you know shock TV, I guess you could say, or shock news reporting. Um, didn't really get the facts straight. Always looking for you know the the I think the answer that the not necessarily that the people want, but that 
will be most shocking for people to, to, to listen to. So um, didn't do a whole lot of journalism on uh, her part when she started uh, listing off the names of people who had died at a young age in the wrestling profession due to drugs and steroids, one of them being Owen Hart, who had his passing had nothing to do with that. His passing was uh, purely an accident um, that took place at a show years ago, um, which to me... It, it makes it look very bad, but I didn't really care for it. And, you know, I, it's, it's expected with, with stuff like that. The minute one of these guys passes away, whether it happens in the ring, behind the scenes, or in their own home, they, the, the first thing they do is they they, they, they find the wrestling business and they try to find something to, to, uh, something to bring into a negative light about it. So... Um, I didn't surprise me one bit, but I'm glad the true facts did come out um, this morning. The, uh, the medical report suggests that he died of natural causes due to heart disease. No drugs or alcohol were involved in his passing. Um, so for Nancy Grace out there, you got a lot to eat, my dear. Um, and that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I, and I I feel the same way. I mean, it it really is the epitome of just shoddy journalism. And and with what's come out today, you know, unfortunately dying of a massive heart attack, um, you know, there should be an apology. There should be a retraction. It was just, you know, let me get out there. Let me you know create a story. Let me let me sensationalize a man's death, a man that left two little kids behind as well as a wife. Let me see if I can get my pound of flesh out of this tragedy. And it was just, it was absolutely um, an embarrassment to word journalism. Um, It's embarrassing that she's allowed on TV. It's embarrassing she's allowed on a news network. Um, You know, and, and, you know, maybe do a little bit of research. Uh, you know, I went back and I was looking up a lot of stuff. It turns out years ago when Warrior was 37 years old, he did an interview and he said, I don't have more than 20 years left on this planet. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I need to get done. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was essentially he was keenly aware of his own mortality. And the reason why he was somewhat aware of his mortality was that his grandfather and his father both died at young ages in their 50s. So, you know, maybe doing a little bit of research, you'd want to look at Warrior's family history and see, you know, before I blame the wrestling business and drugs and and steroids and everything, maybe I should look at his family history. You know, and and it it just shows like lazy, lazy, lazy journalism. And someone who probably has, you know, if you decided to do the right thing and and do a decent report, you're probably not even going to do anything. You're going to have a team of people that are going to go out and do your work for you. But no, you went and took the lazy way out, took the sensationalistic way out. And, you know, it's a real shame because what, and and you know what, right now, and if there are any producers or anyone like listening from the Nancy Grace show, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to do your job for you because you missed the boat on this. And this is what really for me, I found upsetting about this whole thing. The story, the real story, is not about the, the salacious world of pro wrestling and how it claimed another victim. That is not the story. Your story is about a man who, in the Hogan era, 
created a persona that became a legend, that became one of the most popular wrestlers on the planet. For a lot of people looking back, he was their favorite wrestler when they were a kid. Beat Hulk Hogan clean. A legend, but a guy who let maybe his ego, maybe his personal demons, what have you, get the better of him and wound up leaving the business in, in a somewhat unfavorable way, vilified for decades, battles between the WWE, Hulk Hogan, and the Warrior that are documented through the years, and how there was bad blood for, for a long period of time, and how this man, going through all this and all the stuff he said, at some point, not knowing how close he was to the end, at some point decided that he was going to reconcile with these people, and he was able to come back into the fold, have a, a wonderful send-off, be inducted into the Hall of Fame, be brought back into the world of professional wrestling in a large scale, get his just dues, and cut a promo that is just eerily prophesizing what was about to happen. There is your story. Your story there is the rise, fall, and redemption of this man that was able to go out having a tremendous uh, weekend of events and go out on a positive note. How many people in life get to reconcile in such a profound way uh, before they pass on? And, and for, for Ms. Grace to decide that that story is not worth telling, but the story that is worth telling is a story that's been told over and over and over and over again about how bad the world of professional wrestling is. So I just thought it was lazy, craptastic journalism, and it's upsetting that there are a lot of people out there that know nothing about the Warrior, about the wrestling business, about the Hall of Fame ceremonies, about what WrestleMania is, about Make-A-Wish and everything else that WWE does for charity. They know none of that, but they watch Nancy Grace, and that's the impression they got out of the pro wrestling business and, and Warrior. So, and that's all I had to say. It, it was one of those things that, you know, Dave and I talked about. I had to say my piece about this. It's disappointing that, again, a journalist decided to take the lazy route and, and go in that direction. It, it's a horrible shame because the weekend was truly a, a wonderful thing. Again, not knowing what was going to transpire, but um, between going into the Hall of Fame and then his promo on, on Monday night, coming out Sunday night at WrestleMania uh, to the accolades of fans. Um, it, it was a, a great weekend uh, tributing the Ultimate Warrior. Now, admittedly, Dave and I have talked about this on the show, and, and we're not going to play revisionist history. You know, we weren't big Warrior guys. Um, he wasn't my favorite. I mean, I, I, was, I was sad when he beat Hulk Hogan. Um, but... Admired, you know, looking back, he was incredibly popular. His, his promos were ridiculous. Um, he had a, a, a killer entrance. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, he was their favorite. Um, so, I mean, he was an all-time great. Maybe not my cup of tea. Um, but, he, you know, it's interesting, Dave, when we talk about, you know, there were so many years of, of negativity uh, surrounding the Warrior. And then how that final weekend unfolded for him, 
it's interesting to try and put in place where exactly the legacy of the Ultimate Warrior stands. Well, it, it, I think due to the timing of it all and how sad that, you know, the, the, the timing of his passing just coming days removed from being, um, from, from getting a great send-off in wrestling in the WWE, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and being a part of a huge weekend for WrestleMania 30, um, I think it's going to be, I think, where his places in history goes even further um, up the ladder. I think just due to the fact, the timing of it all, you know, um, Powerbomb Pro Wrestling on Facebook wrote, and I'll, I'll never forget this. I saw this the other day and I thought to myself, I have to bring this up on the show. Hall of Fame on the 5th, WrestleMania on the 6th, Raw on the 7th, and Heaven on the 8th. You can't write this story any better. And I think like you said earlier, it's about a rise, a fall, and redemption that all took place in an entire weekend, and then his passing on uh, last, uh, his unfortunate passing last last Tuesday. And I I, I agree with you. you know, I wasn't the biggest warrior guy. I was very sad when he beat Hulk Hogan too, because I was a big Hogan guy. We've all we've talked about how big Hogan guys the both of us are. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. I wasn't thrilled with his speech the other night last week, and I. I thought to myself, before going into that weekend, I was like, he doesn't deserve to go in the Hall of Fame. He's popular, yes. He had a great following. He had some memorable moments and some memorable matches. But I, until I sat in the building and realized how many people were there for the Ultimate Warrior, then that's when I realized, okay, he had a big enough impact in wrestling to see people my age, maybe even older, get, you know, rejoice for his induction into the Hall of Fame. And I was, I was wrong. I was wrong about him. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. But um, no denying his popularity, his look. Uh, I can tell you a little side story about the Ultimate Warrior real quick. I remember when the WWF was partnering with Toys R Us, and if you bought toys from, you know, if you bought the action figures or the wrestling buddies, they give you a free 8x10 with, like, a, um, you know, a fake, not a fake autograph, but what do they call those autographs? It's not the – they're, like, already printed in onto the 8x10. You know what I'm talking about, Ken? What talking about? I didn't know that there was an actual term for it, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, I, yeah, I don't know what the term is for it either. But. So anyhow, I got a toy, and I ended up getting this Ultimate Warrior 8x10, and it had this autograph on it, but it wasn't, you know, done at, at the store or whatever. So anyhow, I, I, there was Halloween costumes here, and I wanted to be Hulk Hogan, and they ran out of Hulk Hogan. So what did I do? The last one left was Ultimate Warrior. And like I said, not the biggest warrior guy. I cheered him when he wrestled certain bad guys, but when it came down to against my guys like Hogan and Savage, I was totally against the warrior. But no denying his popularity, what he brought to the wrestling business, he brought something different. His look, he's a memorable figure that after, after last weekend, I realized, you know, even before his passing, he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame for everything he did. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many T-shirts, uh, the warrior masks with the face paint, the tassels the, the they sold all weekend. I can't tell you how many people were, were, were buying that stuff. And then that's when I looked back and realized, okay, there were a lot of people here for WrestleMania. That means he had a following. Like, he had a huge following, bigger than I thought it was. So my apologies to, to, to you, you know, the Warrior, Jim Helbig, you know, unfortunate about your passing, and I was wrong about your popularity. I will go on record and admit that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, there are a lot of people I, I've met, you know, especially with his passing that, you know, uh, you know, mention him and it's like, oh, he's my, he was my favorite growing up. And he was, he was a lot of people's favorites. Um, 
you know, being a Hulkamaniac, he wasn't mine. But, uh, you know, it, he's one of, you know, it, it's funny when you think about his legacy and, you know, what he brought to the business. And, and being just everyone's favorite is, uh, you know, definitely a, a large part of someone's legacy. Um, you know, the the high energy uh, that, that he brought to the table, um, you know, what, I mean, what an incredible entrance. I mean, well, you know, when you talk entrances, I mean, one of the best entrances ever. Uh, for me, as far as the Warrior goes, uh, you know, and looking at his legacy, uh, there are a couple matches that, that I'll look at and, and I'll watch that, that I can enjoy uh, from him. He's, he's, he wasn't a guy that I would watch, like, a lot of matches over and over again. But I'll tell you one thing about the Warrior, and, you know, God rest his soul, and, uh, you know, I hope he's looking down upon all us Warriors down here. Um, his promos, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that, um, you know, I wasn't crazy about his Hall of Fame speech either, and, you know, we're at the, the uh, Monday Night Raw, and as, as he cuts the promo, you know, I lean in to uh, our producer, Michelle, and, and I say to her, uh, you know, that should have been his Hall of Fame speech. That was great. It was nice. It was quick. It was awesome. It was so Warrior. Um, that, for me, is Warrior's legacy. I can sit and watch Warrior promos for hours. Uh, his promos were off the chain, um, you know, didn't always <laughs> completely make sense, um, but were always entertaining. Uh, he, he was such a larger-than-life presence uh, in his promos. And, uh, you know, that, that for me, when I think of the Warrior and, and his legacy, it, it's not, in my mind's eye, it's not that I think so much about him in the ring, but I really do think about his, his entrance. And, again, I could watch Warrior promos for days. Uh, where, when you think of, like, you know, I guess your favorite memories of the Warrior, what, where would it be? Um, I, I would probably have to say, um, you know, the match with Randy Savage, even though I was, as a kid, I, as a kid, I was torn because, you know, I loved Savage, even when he was a bad guy. Was the first bad guy I liked as a kid was Randy Savage. And the match with Warrior and the stuff, the one thing I loved about it was the fact that that was the first time that, like, you really know that, like, some serious shit was going down because he didn't run to the ring for that match at WrestleMania 7. He walked the entire way. And I knew my favorite memories like that, and I'd probably say like when he tagged with Hogan against Sergeant Slaughter in the Triangle of Terror at SummerSlam that year. Um, uh, his cage match with Rick Rude when he was the WWF champion at SummerSlam in 1990. Um, the, the stuff with that when he got locked in the casket, when the Undertaker locked him in the casket, and they had to do mouth to mouth on the Ultimate Warrior. Even though I wasn't a big Warrior fan, I was like, oh my God, like this guy's going to die. Like when I was a little kid, I thought he was going to die on television. And the stuff he did with Jake the Snake, too, like that stuff was just, it was, you know, just stuff that you can't. You, you can't write these days because of the characters and, and the way the wrestling landscape is. But back then, that stuff was cool as shit. I miss that stuff, too. Like, I've watched a lot of stuff, you know, uh, since then, and, and, you know, YouTube and everything. And I, I was watching that uh, when Taker, a locked warrior in the, um, in the casket, and, you know, they finally get the casket open, and there's, like, the inside is ripped out because Warrior was trying to scratch his way out. And uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but someone actually started to give him mouth-to-mouth. It was, um, 
Uh, oh, uh, um, one of the Hebners. Dave or Earl. I was like, his mouth was actually on his mouth. Like, re- they really took this far. But you're right. Like, I kind of missed that's those. What it, that's what I thought it was real when they started giving mouth to mouth to the guy. I'm television. I was like, oh my god, this guy really did get locked in. Like, <laughs> like he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, such a such a you know larger than life character. And you know, and again, like when you look back on like you know, I mean, Hogan was a larger than life character, but when you when you use that moniker larger-than-life character, uh, you know, there may not have been many larger than the Ultimate Warrior. So uh, very sad as passing. Again, all of us here, uh, sympathies to all his family and friends. And, uh, you know, just really uh, very sad, but at the same time, um, I don't want to say happy, but glad for him that he was able to make amends uh, towards the end of his life, and when you see the pictures backstage with him and McMahon, uh, with him and Hogan, uh, there was so much blood, bad blood for so many years. Uh, the fact that he was able to reconcile, um, you know, good for him. Uh, so three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Again, we want to give you guys kind of a unique perspective on on things tonight. Uh, People in the business, their reactions to uh, the untimely passing of uh, the Ultimate Warrior, as well as uh, everything that, that's gone on, WrestleMania weekend, uh, uh, Raw after WrestleMania, now heading into, uh, you know, it, it's not really, I mean, there's no off-season, but kind of a new season uh, for the WWE. And, and to start us off, our first guest, we have Steve Off, is on the line. We're going to bring him up right now. Steve, how are you doing this evening? Good, Dan. What about you? Doing all right, thanks. You know, we, we kicked off tonight's show, uh, Dave here as well, and, and we're talking about the Warrior. And, uh, you know, again, it, and it's, it's interesting, you know, a lot of people influenced by him as someone in the business. And, you know, you're in the business and you've spoke extensively. You're also a fan. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on, on the Ultimate Warrior. You know, uh, it, it was shocking because I'm sure you guys touched on this. We just saw him you know, on the network and on TV three days in a row. And, yeah, he, he didn't look like he was in the, the best of health. He was out of breath and all that. But that was nothing new. Like, he used to run to the ring and be out of breath. So I didn't really think anything of it. And then, you know, he says what he says on Raw. And then the next day, it was just really eerie and it really freaked me out a lot. I can only imagine how, you know, his friends and family felt. They're, you know, besides being devastated, they must have been just, after they heard the speech on Monday, they must have been kind of creeped out by all that. Like, it's... It's it's weird. It seems almost like he knew that something was coming like that. I mean, maybe he'd had health issues, and that's why he made that speech. I don't imagine he would have thought it'd be the next day, but, you know, I'm glad that if he had to go, at least he got to spend that weekend with his family and making amends with everyone and, you know, taking his rightful spot in the Hall of Fame and, you know, doing that one last shot at WrestleMania and then on Raw. You know, if he had to go, at least he went out that way. But it, it was just... I was in complete shock, and I'm sure, you know, I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we were talking before the show, and I, I actually did uh, an interview for, like, another radio show on, like, what WrestleMania weekend was like, and no sooner did I did I hang up, the, the guy who, who interviewed me messaged me, and it was just, and I immediately thought it was a hoax. Like, this can't mm-hmm. be true. Um, it just really is shocking, just, uh, you know, a punch in the gut to the wrestling world. I'm curious, were you a... A warrior guy growing up. What were your thoughts on his career? 
He was never. I was always more into like the uh, the small, the mid size wrestlers because I always figured oh, that's the size I'll be. That's always kind of the size I was even as a kid. So I was kind of more into that. But I was a Warrior fan. I did love the gimmick, his intensity, his promos. Although half the time I had no idea what the hell he was saying. I don't know if he knew what he was saying. I think that was the gimmick. I think that was intentional. But uh, I did always like the intensity in that character. And while he wasn't my favorite per se, he wasn't Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart to me. I did enjoy watching him and. You know, maybe not the best technically, but definitely very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was a, he was a personality that, you know, there's no denying that loved him or hated him or somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were definitely drawn to him in some way. And he would, yeah. you know, you're right. maybe, maybe the whole gimmick was the, the, the promos, you know, he's from parts unknown. Maybe they weren't supposed to make much sense. but uh, That's what I'm know, thinking. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, he, he was able to be a part of... Uh, WrestleMania weekend, and uh, j- just an, an incredible weekend. I mean, to me, uh, for it being WrestleMania 30, uh, WWE really delivered. Um, you know, there, there are some spots, I think, hit or miss, uh, speeches-wise, in the Hall of Fame. But uh, for the most part, uh, with WrestleMania and Raw uh, the following night, uh, you know, I don't think it's an exaggeration uh, saying the WWE did a real nice job with everything. Uh I'm curious your thoughts on, on the results and, and everything that went down WrestleMania weekend. You know, with all the crying from all the uh, the Daniel Bryan uh, smarks, for the lack of a better word out there, and I hate using that word, so it sounds so dirty, and I don't feel that way about the fans, but you know, that's the term, so whatever. Uh, you know, with all the complaining about how he didn't win the Royal Rumble and this and that, i got to think that all that was by design, that you know maybe this was the big picture all along, like, they kind of knew, all right, we're going to have to add this guy. He didn't win the Rumble, but we're going to have to add him to the match. Otherwise, people are going to walk out after Ticker, you know, and I think people still did, but that's another story. Uh, I mean, I think the build to it was great. It was slow. It was deliberate. You know, maybe they realized halfway through, oh, we screwed up. we got to give this guy his, his, you know, his time, his time in the sun. But I think it was kind of more deliberate than that. And, you know, match-wise, you saw that, Divas thing was kind of a cluster, you know what. But we kind of knew it was going to be. Surprisingly, I liked the Battle Royal. I thought it was entertaining. I thought, you know, once I saw Cesaro in there, I kind of had a feeling, you know, because he just had a match. It was kind of not really hidden too well, I guess. But, you know, I enjoyed that. Daniel Bryan and Triple H, one of the best matches I've ever seen either of them have. And, I mean, you guys know Daniel Bryan has always been a phenomenal in-ring talent. And now that he's developed the personality and got the belt, you know, it, why not make him the next, you know, Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart or something like that? I definitely, you know, years down the road, see him being looked back on in that light. I mean, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but. Yeah, and, no, and Undertaker. And, uh, what's up? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what were you going to say about Taker? Undertaker and Lesnar. I know he had a concussion. I was a little let down because I know how great the Undertaker is, but. Yeah, and I would have much rather seen it be, you know, an up-and-coming guy who actually needed and deserved that. But if that's, you know, that's how things went. So if that's good enough for Undertaker, it's good enough for me. I ain't nobody to question it. I just would have rather, and as a young performer myself, I would have rather seen like a Roman Reigns or a Dean Ambrose or uh, Biggie Lang, and somebody, you know, I, I don't have any one person in mind. But, you know, even a John Cena or a Randy Orton who are going to be around for the long haul, love him or hate him. You know, I would have rather seen it be somebody like that if the streak had to end. But, you know, it is what it is. It's in the past now. And overall, I think it was a good show. And, you know, as a wrestler and as a fan, I enjoyed watching it. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, and I'm I'm curious your your take on this. Uh, my on on the the Undertaker match, and uh, yeah, I was disappointed in the match. I feel the same way. Um, you know, he's the Undertaker, and uh, you know, a legend, uh, one of the greats of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could tell, like after the weekend, I came home, I watched it uh, on the network, and uh, you could tell he he was concussed. He was not himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, even, I mean, kudos to him for gutting out the match. And you can tell even, you know, for The Undertaker, and all respect in the world to The Undertaker, but one of the mm-hmm. worst tombstone pile drivers you'll ever see The Undertaker do. I mean, Brock yeah. wasn't anywhere close uh, to Taker's knees. But it, it was almost like now watching it again, you almost think Taker didn't trust himself and realized he was going to protect uh, Brock and make sure there was no way uh, that Brock gets hurt. Um, I agree with you with with your take on you know someone else should have gotten the rub, someone who is uh, um, you know going to be there for a while, not a part timer. Um, mm-hmm. My take on it. I'm curious your thoughts again as someone in the business. I kind of feel like the guy who got the rub, who's going to be there for a while, is Heyman. That as much as it's weird that you know Brock Lesnar part timer. You know, Heyman's the guy who managed the guy who ended the streak and the guy who's going to be there for a while. So I know it's unusual that the expectation would be for a younger wrestler or a, a wrestler to be there for a while to get the, quote, rub. But to me, it's like maybe the rub was it was given to Heyman. And seeing what Heyman did on Monday night, um, I'm expecting at minimum a big year for, from Heyman, if not a few years down the road. I'm, I'm curious your, your thoughts on that. I didn't think of it like that, but you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I could see Heyman, you know, and Brock walking in with the, the belts next year, with undisputed uh, unified belts, you know, defended against, you know, Roman Reigns or Cesaro or some, probably Roman Reigns. I would see him being the next breakout star. You know, as much as I'd like to see it be Ambrose, because that kid's, uh, kid, he's probably my, my age, but that dude is phenomenal. And he's just getting started. He's just, you know, he's just even pumping WWE and him and, you know, Rollins too, but he's got a ton of support on the internet. Ambrose, I feel, is a dark horse of that group. But anyway, uh, I definitely agree with your point of it giving the rub to Heyman, whether that was intentional or not. I don't know, but I definitely feel, whether it's planned or not, they're going to, you know, they have a legendary manager on their hands, you know, as if they didn't already. But now I see him being looked at in the same light as a Bobby Heenan or a Jimmy Hart, or not right away, but a couple of years down the road, you know, as time builds up, I could see him being that guy, you know, may as well stay ringside because he's managing for like just about every match, that kind of guy. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see the, uh, the Heenan family kind of maybe under a different name, but you know, the new dangerous Alliance or something like that pop up where he's managing like eight or 15 or 23 guys or however many Heenan had. And, I don't think that's too much of an exaggeration. I think he really had like close to that many at one time. But I could see that. And I'd like to see that. And Heyman is, you know, people say good and bad about him. It's usually one or the other. Yeah. But the guy's a great manager. He's great at what he does. I'm sorry to interrupt, Steve. I got to ask you from from a, a perspective of someone that that's in the business. You know, you brought your 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 knowledge to your answer about Undertaker and his streak and who should you know end it. But 
we did see, you know, it seems like every 10th WrestleMania, we see some sort of changing of the guard. At WrestleMania 10, we saw guys like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Rachel Ramon, and Owen Hart. Those guys lead the charge for the next few years. And then at WrestleMania 20, we saw the names like Orton and, and Guerrero, and, and, and those names really lead the charge, you know, moving forward. And now at WrestleMania 30, we're seeing the Wyatts and the Shield and, and Daniel Bryan and Cesaro had a big night and you know Paige from NXT made her debut on Raw and just so many so many different you know names and newer fresher names and guys who really haven't had a chance to be at the top do you really see this as a changing of the guard or do you see um, you know the WWE had pandered to the the the, the different crowd that comes in for WrestleMania because most of the most of the audience travels from all over the world to come to WrestleMania weekend. Or do you see this as an actual legitimate changing of the guard? And we're going to see these names at the forefront and names like Cena and Orton, not necessarily taking off television, but names like that and Big Show, those guys being phased out slowly. I think a little both. I think that, you know, it's the biggest show of the year. they got to give people something different. they got to give people something to talk about. But at the same time, you know, like you said, every 10 years there is, whether it's planned out by design or not, which I'm sure it is, you know, because Vince McMahon is a genius, no doubt about that, with all he's done and all the way he revolutionized wrestling. And I mean, that's been said and done before, so no need to go into that. But I definitely think it's by design, and I definitely think we saw a changing of the guard at WrestleMania, whether or not every single person that shined will be around for the next 10 years. Probably not. Just statistically, it's never really you know, happen, but at least the top few, like the Wyatts and the Shield and Brian, I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. I would hope that Cesaro would be up there too, but I could also see the ball being dropped with him just because he's a phenomenal talent, but he's not your stereotypical, you know, oh, I can talk and I can wrestle and I'm like eight feet tall. I mean, he's a big dude, but he's not like cookie cutter for them. He's something different, which is, in my mind, is a good thing, but... I hope they see it the same way. But, yeah, I definitely see those few names at least being candidates to be some of the guys that lead us into the next decade. And if that's the case, I'm looking forward, you know, whether I'm a part of that company or a different one and just watching that as a fan, either way, I look forward to that. Because I think the future is in good hands right now. It definitely does look like it's in good hands. And, Steve, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Uh, Again, love getting... Uh, the take of people in the business uh, as to what's going on. Um, before we let you go, as always, uh, fans want to come out and see you get in the ring. Uh, where can we see you uh, in the next few weeks? Well, April 26th, I'll be having probably, no, definitely the biggest match of my career against current TNA Tag Team Champion Robbie E. I've wrestled, you know, former WWE and, and TNA talent, Ring of Honor talent before, but this is a guy who's on TV in the second biggest company in the world, or at least in the U.S., and are currently a champion. You know, if I pull off an upset here, I don't know if I'd call it that, but if I pull off a win, that opens a lot of eyes. Even if I don't, that still opens a lot of eyes. You know, I put forth a good fighting spirit effort, but you know, I definitely want people to come out and see that. You could follow me at Steve Off on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Steve Off, and YouTube.com slash Steve Off. It's going to be in Little Lake Harbor, which is right by Atlantic City, so all you gambling degenerates get a hotel room for the night, enjoy the show, and go hopefully win some money. And then May 9th, I'm competing again for DQW in Wharton, and I will be in a battle royal for a 
the vacant D2W World Championship in addition to being in a tag team match on the show. So, you know, that's only two things in the next couple of weeks that are set in stone. But always looking to take more booking, so if you want to book me, contact me. <laughs> Very good. Steve, thanks for giving us a few, and, and always great talking to you. We'll talk to you real soon. Absolutely, guys. Good talking to you. Take care. Thank you. And they have Steve off giving us uh, his impressions of the untimely death of the Ultimate Warrior as well as uh, WrestleMania weekend and, and the future of the business. Good stuff from Steve. Well, we're going to go right out to the phones. We've had some people who have been real patient. we got Tony on the line. Tony, how you doing tonight? Uh, not bad. How you doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Oh, man, it's been a, been a crazy week with, you know, WrestleMania, and, which was a great show. You know, I mean, I, you know, that's the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, that was just like... I saw the headline for that on Tuesday night, and I was just like, I, I kind of had like a double take. It was kind of like, well, wait a minute, who, what, you know, like, who passed away? <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of like, you know, because like you were saying before, you know, like Ultimate Warrior was one of my, you know, like I said, one of, one of my favorites, along with Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. I think those were, those were like the, probably the main three guys that got me, that made, that made me fall in love with wrestling. You know, so it was just, you know, about Warrior that hooked you. What's that? What was it about Warrior that hooked you? I just, I liked his look. You know, just like every, you know, his, the face paint, the tassels, him, you know, him always running to the, you know, running to the ring. You know, all the, all the, the energy he always have. You know, every time he talked or whatever. You know, just every, everything about him. I just thought the character. I just thought the character was great. You know, I mean, I remember. You know, actually, my the first ever show I, my first live show that I went to, at the county center, at the Westchester County Center. I actually, I was, I couldn't see much because I was like in one of the back rows, but uh, he was, I, he was there. He had, he headlined the my the first live show I was at. He headlined in a six man, and it was just like great to see. You know, it's like oh my god, you know, it's like I'm seeing the, I'm seeing one of my favorites live, and it was just like. You know, it was so unbelievable. It was just so unbelievably awesome to actually like be at, you know, be at the you know, being the first wrestling event I was ever at and seeing and getting to see one of my you know getting to see Warrior there was just great. You know, and of course, you know, I mean, I you know, I like what you know his of course his his matches at WrestleMania six and seven with Hogan and Savage are probably two of his you know probably two of his most memorable, and uh, they they were really. You know, I mean, I mean, those were great. You know, they were they were great matches. You know, it's just like, and I, and I you know, I, I really, you know, I, I enjoyed his, uh, his Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame speech. I thought he, I thought it was really well done. I, mean, you know, I thought it was really, you know, I, th- I thought he did a good job. And then um, the the promo on last Monday, of course, was really, you know, out, you know, was that was really well, that was that was outstanding. But and it's like you said, you know, it's like it was really kind of eerie too, because it would be you know, just what he was saying. It was just like. You know, just everything he was saying, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God! It's like, you know, so it's it's very, uh, you know, because it was just like, you know, because he seemed, you know, because like he was saying, you know, it's like after all the bad blood he and Vince had and everything, you know, and he finally, you know, finally was back in the fold, you know, back in the family and everything, and then, you know, he headlines the Hall of Fame, he gets the, you know, cut that great promo on on Raw last week, and then it's like out and out of it was just like out of nowhere, you know, on. It's like... Yeah, I mean, when I, when I heard the news, I, I still, like, even though it was on WWE.com and it was, like, Triple H was tweeting about it, 
I, I, I was still thinking it's got to be a hoax. This can't be real. It's just, uh, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's incredibly tragic, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful that he was able to make amends uh, in the last few days of his life. It's just, uh, it, it's just a, a it, it's hard to quantify or put into words exactly, uh, you know, what to say uh during this time period and so you just kind of remember what he did remember uh the the good things that he did and uh you know just an, an unbelievable promo uh that's uh kind of become at this point because of the the history uh you know that that unfolded after the fact a uh, promo that becomes uh almost the crown jewel uh in what was uh quite a a WrestleMania weekend I got to ask you Tony because I go back now and you've been with us for a while, and after SummerSlam, you hated the finish. And I remember saying to you, this is setting up, mark my words, WrestleMania 30 is going to end with the confetti falling and Daniel Bryan holding up both belts. This is just the beginning. Be patient. And I said, will it be worth it for you if that's the payoff? We're past WrestleMania 30, Tony. Was it worth it? Well, I know, I'm kind of, kind of, I don't mean to be like here, but I know originally the, he wasn't even going to be sniffing the title, you know, because he it was supposed to be Orton and Batista, and you know they for what you know they listened to the they listened to the fans because they had to to what happened at the Rumble, because I know they were going to Daniel Bryan, you know, because I mean, cause they had stuck him with the Wyatts, which didn't make any sense, and then he, he was he was supposed to fight he was supposed to face Sheamus at WrestleMania again. But you know the the, the you know, like just to feel like the uh, the term hijacking the fans hijacking the show and just you know chanting his name and doing the yes chant and everything you know it's like especially after you know having him you know when he wasn't in the rumble it was just like they had to do, you know it was like they had to do something because otherwise you know, like Orton Batista would have been you know, like that would have been a really awful main event for for you know the 30s WrestleMania but you know I was like I'm, I'm I, you know I'm glad that they actually you know. Whether they meant to or not, you know, whether it was in the plans or not, and I doubt it was, but they actually kind of brought everything full circle and, you know, like, you know, put the uh, put the belt on him and did everything that they did at, at the end of WrestleMania. So, I mean, you know, like I say, you know, when it happened, when it first happened, I just thought, oh, okay, that's that's it. He's, you know, he's, he's done, he's screwed. And then originally there was no plans for him to even even sniff the title but you know they uh, yeah I'm uh, I'm I'm glad that they did that they did put the put the belts on him and you know it's like you know now I just hope they give him a good you know good credible run you know it's you know just make you know make him like a really like like a, a believable champion you know kind of like the way like you know like 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 the way Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels were back in the day you know it's like you know make him give him you know give him you know it's like having have be you know, like a, you know just you know having having be the top guy you know like one of the top guys. What was your, your overall impression of, of WrestleMania and, and well, yeah, just WrestleMania. What was your overall impression of the event? Of the event? Uh, uh, WrestleMania was very was a lot of fun. I, I you know I, I really enjoyed it, but I um I really liked the the opening. Um, you know when Hulk, you know, Hulk Hogan came out and uh, you know then it was just like you know I'm, you were there. I mean you know how you know when Austin when, when you know like his music hit it was like I didn't expect that to happen. And then they were, you know, and then having the two of them talk for a while. Then the rock, you know, then when the rock came in, I was just like, oh my god! It was like, it was like I think it was the first time that those three were in the ring together. And it was just like, it's like this is a really this is a really awesome way to kick off WrestleMania 30. It's like with three, you know, like with like three of the great, you know, three of the 
biggest names in the business, you know, just you know, just talking for 20 minutes or whatever. It was, you know, that was awesome. And, uh, and um, I, you know, even the, you know, and I said, and I, I even said, well, I think, the last, you know, I said last time they should have, first match should have been Daniel Bryan, Triple H, and it, and they kicked off with that, and, and, and that was a great match, too. I got to say, you know, Triple, Triple H really, you know, I mean, it's, you know, he really sold for Daniel Bryan, you know. It was just like he he he, he, he put him over even more, you know, I mean, he's already, you know, he's over already, but, you know, it's like he, he really did a great job of putting him over, I thought, you know, at, 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 you know, at WrestleMania. I thought it was just, like, really well done. Uh, you know, great match. The, uh, you know, the streak ending, uh, I don't know if anyone saw it coming. Uh, from what I heard, the referee didn't even know the finish. Uh, so, but it was, it was like, I heard, I, you know, like, when the ref, or, you know, when, when, the, when the ref hit that, you know, when the count of three, it was like, that was a jaw dropper for me, you know. It was just like, you know, because I know, and then they cut to a few fans in there, and there was like everyone had the same, few of them had, you know, the jaws were hitting the floor and everything. And I know I heard that uh, some fans actually left because uh, they were so that they were so devastated that the, that the, the streak ended. And then, uh, I, you know, I don't know if I actually would have gone, would have ended the streak. I mean, I think, I think, I think I would have actually had him retire with, you know, you know, being unbeaten at WrestleMania. I, you know, I. I but it was something that I didn't really like to. I wasn't expecting them to do, and uh, the battle royal was very was good too. And as soon as I saw Cesaro in there, I was just like, okay, he's winning. He was winning it, and he wasn't even he wasn't even scheduled to be in there. At least when you know there was like, you know, there was like all these other names announced, and then you know, his wasn't one of them because he was in the four way tag match, which I also enjoyed. Uh, but uh. You know, yeah, I mean, him slamming the big show out of the, you know, over the top rope and, you know, and everything. I, I, it was great stuff. Even though, even the next night, you know, with, you know, him, him switching from uh, Zeb to uh, Heyman, uh, I really enjoyed that. Even, you know, and um, the Divas, you know, the Divas, uh, type, you know, well, not, the, not that 14-way train wreck, but, the, you know, the, the next night, you know, when Paige came out, and I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to they're gonna have her beat AJ. And, and they did, and now, she, you know, now she's holding both women's titles. And you know it's, it's like it is, it, you know it feels like they are they are elevating the new guys. You know, like you say, you know, you know, you got the Shield, you got the and, and the Wyatts who have been doing, you know, who I've really been enjoying a lot. A lot. I mean, you know, like the match, the Bray Wyatt Cena match, I didn't really, I don't know, I thought it was kind of weird, but you know, I mean, certainly Bray losing to Cena at WrestleMania didn't, you know, it it it, it, it didn't damage him. It, it didn't uh, hurt him. You know, because cause then he, you know, I mean, he, he got his seat back the next, the next night or whatever. You know, with those, with the, you know, the promos and everything. You know, so it's, I, I totally agree with you. I think that 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 match, uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, people may have been worried beforehand that if Wyatt loses to Cena, what does that do? And and I think Wyatt is so good right now that it, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's he just keeps getting better. So. Uh, um, overall, it sounds like you're pretty satisfied with WrestleMania, and you know, you know, it's funny with the ending of the streak. Uh, it really is like such a profound changing of the guard. It's uh, you know, we're really entering uh, a different era. We got a lot of guys on hold, Tony, so we're gonna let you go. Thanks for giving us a call, and uh, you know, definitely give us a call next week. Uh, tonight's Raw should be interesting. We'd love to hear your impressions uh, of tonight. We'll talk to you soon. righty. Take it easy, man. And Tony, a lot of insights on WrestleMania. We're going to stick with the phones. We got Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? I'm here. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? 
We are doing all right. What do you got for so many things going on? Uh, what do you want to talk so about? So many things I have to pick and choose real quick. Um, a, uh, I've never really had the opportunity to watch the Warrior, the Warrior wrestle, but just like when you guys talk about wrestlers of past, I know that those wrestlers paved the path to the point where I started watching wrestling. So thank you for, you know, all of them for having done what they did. And I know it's going to be a big hole in the company now that he was passed, but um, I want to touch on this, and I know it's a touchy subject, but on Nancy Grace. A few years ago, a shock job DJ, and I cannot remember his name, got fired pretty much on the spot when a women's basketball team won, and he called them nappy-headed hoes. Uh, they said yeah, that he was a bad journalist. Yes. They were saying that, you know, it was bad journalism and that, you know, it was racism and this and that. But yet we have somebody like Nancy Grace who goes and pretty much says whatever she wants. Even even I, who am not as big a fan as you guys, when I saw the list, I saw Owen Hart on that list, and I'm going, are you serious? Like, that's just like not even caring to double-check your facts and just wanting to push, you know, make the article, make the, 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 the news feed. My question is, DDP, having been with the company in and out, having been friends with Warrior, why didn't he just stand up and leave? She's slandering the company that made him. She's talking all this unchecked, quote-unquote, facts. If that were me, I would have either stood up for the company and being, you know, look, no, what you're saying is crap, and called her out on air, or I would have just up and left. The fact that DDP stood, sat there, and, yeah, he did mention that, you know, the company does have a strict, uh, you know, anti-drug policy and everything. Okay, but she's slandering a dead man. She's talking, bringing down a company that made him and everybody around him. And... As much as that irked me, the fact that he didn't get up and leave kind of irked, like, I don't know, maybe just rubbed me the wrong way. What, what's your opinion on that, guys? You want to start there, Dave? Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't say. First of all, I mean, he, he doesn't work for the WWE. I will go on record as saying that. Um, he, he worked for them for a short period of time. WCW was the real company that made him. But be that as it may, um, it's been known that Diamond Dallas Page is a self-promoter of himself and whatever he's plotting. It's been his yoga a lot lately. However, um, I'm, I'm going to give the man the benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't stay on camera because he wanted to plug his yoga. Um I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, you get caught up in it. It's live television. Granted, he's been on live television for, for decades. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a sensitive subject. It's touchy. Um, so I, I don't have a – I can't explain the reason why he didn't go off the air and just say, screw it, I'm out of here. I'm not going to finish this interview. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> It's it's interesting because, you know, I mean, one thing in, in DDP's defense is, you know, he probably, you know, he didn't see the scroll going with, with the names. Uh, so he didn't know how 
egregious the the errors were. I mean, you know, you know, Dank, you're saying Owen, and and Owen's the most uh, famous, and everyone knows, you know, he fell to his death. But you know, a guy like Mark Curtis was on the list. He died of stomach cancer. Brady Boone died in a car accident. Uh, Joey Morello was a referee. He died in a car accident. Uh, Chris Candido was a blood clot after surgery. So there there were guys on that list that they just wanted to sensationalize. Hey, look at these guys that died at a young age and they're wrestlers. And, you know, maybe if DDP was aware of the scroll going on, uh, that would have prompted him to leave quicker or just walk out. Um, but to be perfectly honest with you, Dank, um, you know, maybe Dave's just a little bit nicer than I am. I'm kind of on board with you. I wish he just said, you know what, uh, I was here to kind of pay respects to him, and you're trying to slander the business, and uh, I'm not going to do this. Um, you know, it's easier said than done, and, you know, he's got, uh, you know, he's got bills to pay, and he's got, you know, he wants to get interviews, and he doesn't want to alienate anybody, and uh, I get all of that, so I'm not saying it's a black and white issue, but... As as a fan, like it would have been quite an image if he just said, you know what, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not here for that reason and walked out. Um, unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, you know, he's got his reasons. It's I'm glad that he uh, you know released a statement the next day. Um, but yeah, just it, it was a horrible, horrible report. Yeah, and real quick to touch down on Taker. Yes, I was appalled. Not appalled. Yes, I was shocked. Just about like everybody else that he lost. But when you think back, any wrestler that would have, had they decided to break the streak, any wrestler that they would have picked would have become one of the most hated wrestlers. The fact that he ended the streak at WrestleMania. And let's face it, Brock has never, ever been a face. Brock will probably never be a face. As far as I know, he's never been a face. He's always been like that bully of the company that just does what he wants. He's like, you know, he's like the juggernaut. He doesn't care. And I think that the decision, if they had decided beforehand that he was going to beat Taker, was the fact that he's got nothing to lose. It's not like the fans are going to start hating him. They already don't like him. He's a heel. On top of it, he's got Heyman on toe, and Heyman has always pretty much represented the heels, so to speak, for the most part. I don't think there's anybody else in this company that even would have volunteered or stepped up to be, I will be the one to break the streak because from then on out, no matter what you do, you're always going to be known as the guy that ended his streak. So I think that personally it was a good choice to have Brock, yeah, he's a part-timer and everything, but looking at the big picture, history, taking into consideration Brock's history as well, I think that Brock was the right decision to go with, given the reaction of the WWE universe. But that's my opinion. I, I like your insight, Hank, uh, on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the uh, pressure that would have come with, with ending the uh, streak for uh, someone who's a, a full-time guy uh, could have been too much. And you're right. Like, how do you turn uh, a guy's face if you want a year's down the line? I mean, it's wrestling, and you can, but... All valid points. Thank, thanks a, a lot for the call. Uh, I want to hear from you next week. Again, tonight's show, a raw, uh, special Raw with a Warrior tribute. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts next week. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Take it easy. Bye.
347-838-9815. That is the number to call. We saw some people on hold. We are going to get to you. Uh, coming on the other side, we're, we're expecting the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, weighing in on everything that's going on, as well as a little later on, Ray Ray Mars to give us a call. So a uh, jam-packed show, lots of stuff to talk about. For now, we're going to, you know, we do this each and every show it is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Dave, take it away. Thank you very much. This is the illustrious return of the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show at the top of the hour every single Monday night, except for last Monday night because we were somewhere else. Anyhow, our top story this week, on the heels of WrestleMania 30, our biggest story this week, besides the untimely and unfortunate passing of the Ultimate Warrior, is the infamous undefeated streak that The Undertaker possessed coming to a shocking end at WrestleMania 30 at the hands of Brock Lesnar. Reports all over suggest that the, that the decision to end the streak came from the top man in WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Some believe McMahon made the call and Taker agreed, whereas some suggest Taker was talked into it by Mr. McMahon himself. Regardless of how it came about, the only people in WWE who knew the finish of the match were The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, Vince McMahon, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon. Not even the referee knew the finish. Even to the point that a rule amongst WWE referees regarding finishes, if a talent does not stick out of a count as a ref, you can take the count regardless if you know the finish or not. Some people in the locker room have suggested that after Sunday's match, this was the final wrestling appearance for The Undertaker. Time will tell as far as the dead man's whereabouts in WWE. Newly crowned WWE World Heavyweight Champion Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella tied the knot last weekend in Sedona, Arizona. Those in attendance include the entire Total Divas cast, John Cena, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner Cesaro, Tyson Kidd, Jay Uso, and NXT trainer Sarah Del Rey. Cameras filmed the wedding for the season finale of Total Divas on E. Ellen DeGeneres' interview with WWE superstar Darren Young about coming out about his sexuality has been nominated for Outstanding Talk Show episode at this year's GLAAD Media Awards. The ceremony is set to take place on May the 3rd in New York City. With the announcement from Jeff Jarrett last week of the GFW, the Global Force Wrestling Organization, rumors galore surface on what free agents in the wrestling industry will sign up with good old Double J. But first, let's acknowledge the 500-pound alpha in the room, shall we? The Examiner reported this morning that Double J Jeff Jarrett got involved in a physical altercation with 17-year-old John Calvin, son of IWA Mid-South promoter Ian Rotten, this past Sunday at an IWA event. The report states that Jeff Jarrett was upset he only received half his pay he was promised. The report further states he was told the other half would be there in two to three days. Enraged about this, Jeff Jarrett allegedly slapped Calvin's glasses off his face threatening to break them. Witnesses say Jeff Jarrett was intoxicated during all of this with his wife Karen Jarrett egging him on and even Rotten spoke on Twitter 
about the matter, stating an entire locker room is witness to all of this, and they will back him up when he intends to press full charges on Jeff Jarrett for assault to a minor. When Jarrett was reached for comment, he refused to discuss the matter. We've been talking WWE since it's been a WrestleMania season, but I got a little bit of TNA news for you. TNA X Division Tag Team and World Heavyweight Champion Chris Saban has parted ways with the company. His contract had allegedly expired with the company on Saturday at the one-night-only pay-per-view taping. It's been reported that TNA did make Chris Saban an offer, but similar to the AJ Styles situation, it was an offer he was not happy with. Chris Saban has currently reached out to bookers and is taking bookings with independent groups. And there you have it. That was the day five years before only heard at the top of the hour here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Lots of news. Whirlwind these days in the world of professional wrestling. You know, we are going to go right back out to the phones because we've had some people who have been real patient. And we're going out to Connecticut. Uh, are you there, caller? Hello? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Is this Jazz? Yes. How are Hi. you? Good. What do you want to talk um, about well, tonight? Um, I just want to talk about the Undertaker's streak being broken. And, um, well, I when I, at WrestleMania, when the streak was open, like when the arrest finally, like, pinned three, I was, like, kind of devastated. And I was, like, sitting there in silence for, like, ten minutes. Like, it was really weird. And I was thinking about it in my homeroom for the next couple of days, and I thought about it, and I said, well, I was kind of happy because I'd rather the Undertaker's streak be over sooner than not because a lot of like um a lot of wrestling fans they always have a lot to complain about and if the undertaker had retired with his streak um not being broken um people would have gotten like really mad like they're like i want to see more from the undertaker like i i don't want it to just end like that so i, I was kind of happy and i think also i was kind of um kind of cool because um, I watched the two-hour-long pre-show, and Paul Heyman, I was like both, I, both times, I think they showed it two times, the commercial um, for, like, the promo for The Undertaker and Black Lesnar match, and both of those times when Paul Heyman, he did the um, eat, sleep, conquer, repeat, and the last time when he said eat, sleep, um, uh, conquer the streets, and I was like, whoa, that's so clever. And I thought it was kind of cool because he kind of lived up to what he said that he was going to do. Because so many people, 21 people have said, okay, I'm going to, or 22, have said, I'm going to break the Undertaker streak. And Brock Lesnar is the only one who has ever bro- actually broken it. I thought it was cool. Wow, I, I, I really like your take on things. You you know, you really you really look at the the business and these, these matches in a, in a really, uh, in a good way, and I, and I like your take, and it's interesting because a lot of people were outraged. Uh, you know, if nothing else, I guess he'll, he'll sell more T-shirts. Um, uh, but I, I like your take on the match. I'm curious uh, your your other thoughts on uh, WrestleMania as a whole. Did you like the show? Yeah, yeah. I was kind of um, sorry. Well, not a, lot of, not a lot of people that I wanted to win one, but um, also about the uh, Daniel Bryan match. I am not a Daniel Bryan fan at all. But I was actually kind of relieved that he won the belt because with the thing, because him like winning the belt and then losing it the next day, that was kind of getting annoying for me. And I was just kind of happy that he won. I think that he did deserve it. Yeah. 
Very good. I I I like your take on it. Um, before you know, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, see any. I mean, you're 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 a little young. Um, you have any thoughts on the Ultimate Warrior and and his passing? Have you gotten to see uh, old footage of the Warrior? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of the older WrestleManias, and I've seen him wrestle. And I was I was kind of sad. Like my dad had texted me a picture, and I was like, on. Oh, and I went to school, and it was kind of weird because everybody was like telling me because um everybody knows that I'm a wrestling fan, and it was kind of weird because I, I wanted to be like, and you think I wouldn't know this? Like you know, they it was kind of weird. But I was I was very sad about it, and I still am. Cause, and that was actually the Ultimate Warrior for Halloween, which is, like, really weird. I was like, whoa, that's so weird. It was sad. Jazz, thank you so much for the call. Uh, you know, don't be a stranger. Keep calling. I really enjoy your take on uh, the business. So uh, give us a call back real soon. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Bye. Take care. And right now, again, we have uh, special guests. It's a real special show tonight. Uh, we have coming up right now the one and only the reinforcer Andrew Anderson. Andrew, how are you doing What's this evening? What's going on, buddy? Not too how much. Are you, man? I really wanted to have you on this evening because and and it's such a it's such a tragedy. Um, but you know you you have this film coming out and that's really about the positive side of, of the wrestling business and and the brotherhood yep. uh, about yep. of wrestling and. You know, the Brotherhood lost one of their own, and consequently, a reporter jumped on again. The the obvious, the uh, the the bad side of the business, trying to bash the yeah. business. I'm curious. Yeah, Nan- Nan- Nancy disgrace, right? Exactly. Nancy disgrace. And and the report. Yeah. My, uh, well, first of all, I want to say that I'm a little PO'd at you. I'm a little pissed off that you did not wait at the swamp. Till I went back there in New Orleans. Where were you back there? I went back there twice to find you. I sat on that alligator, that, that, that fake alligator there, for about an hour and a half till you got there, and you never got there till they finally threw me out. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, no, actually, actually I, did, I did call you and I warned you I was coming back to the swamp, and we did, and you were already gone. But uh, it was a good time. I, I, I had a, one of the guys who runs security down, and uh, he's in charge of all the bouncers in New Orleans on Bourbon Street, a uh, kid named Sick Boy. His real name being Jeff, his nickname is Sick Boy. He's, uh, he took us on the grand tour, took us to every single nightclub. Greg and I must have had a drink in every single nightclub. I think they had to hook us up with Gatorade uh, via our, um, our intravenous leader to wake us up the next morning to get us some sugar in our blood. So from all the alcohol consumption, but that was a that was a quite a quite an entertaining weekend. But yeah, my take on uh, the Ultimate Warrior was, you know, as far as Nancy Grace is concerned, she's not a zit on the ass of humanity. Her opinion means nothing. She's a moron. She's a fool. She's a rabble rouser, a shit stirrer, and an imbecile. All right, somebody should put a muzzle on her, put a ball gag in her mouth, put the muzzle on. Um, stick a chastity belt on her and kick her into a into a room full of hungry prisoners for all I care and let them uh, rip her to pieces. I mean, I I, I could uh, you know I could care less for what that woman has to say. And I'm I, I got to show you I got to tell you that Diamond Dallas Page showed a lot of a uh, lot of poison grace for a uh, for a wrestler to put up with you know her bullshit on that um, on that night of uh, that talk show. So I just uh, you know just that's my take on Nancy Grace and the whole uh, 
situation as far as that goes. As far as the Ultimate Warrior goes, um, yes, I, I did manage to uh, to do the knuckle sandwich with him, you know, before uh, on WrestleMania down in, in New Orleans. I did get to see him back there and uh, congratulate him. I didn't know him well at all. I didn't know him at all. I met him once before at WrestleCon at the Meadowlands Convention Center um, a year before. And um, Beefcake, Brutus Beefcake introduced me to him briefly. So I really, I really had no um, relation with the uh, with the warrior of in the passing acquaintance, and um, I just know that it was a guy who was not well liked in the business, and you know um, he sort of made his peace with everybody for the most part, and you know now he's gone and it seemed like he was turning things around for himself and turning the perspective of a lot of the boys in the locker room. You know that maybe hey he wasn't that bad of a guy, and now the guys who who didn't really know him maybe would have got to know him better. You know, um, we'll never have that chance. So it's kind of sad, you know. And he did not look good on last week's RAW. He did not look good at all. He was out of breath. Vis- visibly, he was out of breath and you know um, winded, and uh, his face was very red. And at Mania, he was actually very red, and his face was very um, very. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just that it, to me, it was like a premonition. He had a premonition. He knew he wanted to get in the Hall of Fame. He wanted to make his peace with everyone and go. The, the only sad part is that he left two daughters and a wife behind. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just very sad, and it's it's just it's it's so eerie how you know the promo he cut on uh, Monday Night Raw. I mean, just a. Uh, it's just so, I, you know, eerie is the only word I can use to really describe it. I'm it was curious. self-prophetic, right? It was self-prophetic. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like a, a Nostradamus type of prophecy. He, when the, the last breath leaves my body, when the blood starts pumping through my veins, you people will be the ones who have, you know, made the warrior live on forever and whatever, you know, on and on. Whatever he carried on about that, and it was, he he made that point on two different occasions in his uh, promo, and it's just, it's sad. It's sad, you know. I mean. It's sad. It's just something, you know. I mean, you you have, you know, he's, he joined the ranks of, uh, as I call it, the, the the wrestling's legion of the unliving, you know. I mean, it's just horrible. And uh, it's sad. It really is. Spoke to Kevin Sullivan about it. He was shocked. He was just as shocked because he was one of those to bring the warrior back to WCW in 98 to face Hogan. And, uh, you know, he said the warrior could... Would, was it was aloof at times, you know, and very, you know, not a bad guy, but just very aloof and very um, introverted, and you know, you know, not to say that he he never thought he was. From what I understand, he never thought he was better than anyone else. He just wasn't very sociable. So, uh, I'm trying, uh, trying to switch gears a, a little bit. Uh, I mean, again, and we wanted to get you on because of the the film you're doing about the brotherhood. Um, you know how's that going? How is the the brotherhood going? Um, well, we're go, we're switching to we're going to Kickstarter because we ran seriously over budget. Um, Behind the ropes ran seriously over budget. I mean, when you're filming guys like right now, if you saw the teaser, it's it's focuses on five or six individuals. Myself, my relationship with Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, Bruce Beefcake, uh, actually Jim Duggan, my mentor and friend, like my, my my dad Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Tony is the USA Atlas, and of course Tito Santana, who I was with last night in One uh, CW in Delaware, and uh, you know it's just it's um it's um 
it's, it's an ongoing process. It's a documentary that doesn't just get shot in one year or six months. It's, it's going to be about a, a year and a half process till we get everything where we want it to be. And, uh, of course, we, we brought in, uh, uh, there's going to be scenes with uh, Bushwhacker Luke, who's now added into it. Um, so Luke is in it, and uh, as well as um, as the Hulkster himself is is, is making uh, his presence known in it. Um, probably the greatest, no offense to you, but the greatest wrestling broadcast journalist of all time, Bill Apter. He's the host. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> he's sort of like your tour guide through the, 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 the locker room scenes and stuff, you know. And it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be an ongo- ongoing process. And it's, it's not going to be a dumb deal. And, you know, they still have to film the road trips now. We're already paid for when we do the road trips. The wrestlers are taken care of. But the camera crew has to come, so we have to pay for the camera crew. Who's going to pay for the camera crew? The production company. The production company now is over budget because of all the uh, all the uh, filming that we've done before. And just when you think things are, thing is that it's a wrap and it's in the can, it, it, all of a sudden it comes, you have that, this other idea that comes up, well, we could have done it this way, we could do this, we could do that, we got to get you guys here, we got to get you guys there. And uh, what about this? we got to, you know, yeah. So it just keeps keeps snowballing, and it, it, all I have to say, Ken, is it get, keeps getting better and better and better. And if you saw the first trailer, which was a seven-minute promo piece, which was just to, to uh, let people know that it's coming, um, that was shot in two days. That was shot at WrestleCon at Chula Theater in 2012. Uh, and it just totally, or it's rather 2013, um, WrestleCon and Chula Theater and 2013, that was shot over uh, two conventions. So we got a lot of footage out of that. Now, But there's only so much you shoot in two conventions. So then all of a sudden we had a year's worth of road trips in between before the teaser and the 20-minute the, the promo piece came out, which is going to Kickstarter, which will, you know, get the contributions from the fans and from from various investors to try to put, you know, put it on the map and make sure it gets out there. And uh, we have interest in, uh, in the Tribeca Film Festival, They've they've already um, been very interested in uh, showcasing our product eventually, and as well as the Sundance Film Festival and uh, even the Cannes Film Festival in, in France. So they're very interested because they there are a lot of Russian fans in Europe, and and they just they seem to love the story as it's been told. So from what my 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 agent, my production company has been able to, you know, the feedback they've been able to receive, it seems like it's really really going well. So that's all, that's where we're going to leave it at that. But you'll be the first one to know, as you always are, um, uh, where the film is at. So uh, in the meantime, we have other projects um, on the horizon, like uh, History Channel's The Vikings. So, and uh, you'll see the reinforcer Andrew Anderson there. Um, nice. And uh, other stuff on the horizon, too. You know, I, I Recently, I was victorious and took my belt back from Jumbo Joe Guns, or as I called him, No Show Joe, and uh, the East Coast Professional Wrestling Heavyweight title for a fourth time. And uh, for good or for, or for better or for worse, good or bad, I'm the champion, whether you like it or you don't, you know, you want it, you got a problem with me, come take it from me, you know. So, um, and, uh, you know, just it's... The, the 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 Anderson machine has not stopped moving. It's I've been running. I'm working. I wrestled three 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 days, five days this weekend. So I have five matches, three days and five matches. So uh, yeah, it's it's going. Things are going good, you know. So 
What's going on with you, pal? You know, not much. Still harping on the swap. As, as like someone you know in the business, I gotta ask before I let you go though. What was your impressions of WrestleMania? Uh, out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. Very That's simple. That's my, my impression. Changing of the guard. As, yeah. You know, totally, simple. totally in every way, shape, or form, and no matter what you say, John Cena is still not over. Nobody yeah. seems to care. I was there. Nobody seemed to care. The only thing that seemed to the only time they popped for that match with John Cena was when he won the match at the very end. It wasn't that loud of a pop. See, so you don't think that Cena really resonates? No. No. They forced him down the throat of the fans relentlessly, and he is a nice guy, and he's a great guy, and he's a great role model for the kids and everything, and he's a great face of the company, but the fans just don't give a crap. That's the bottom line. They don't give a crap. Interesting stuff. You I, know, think, I think I think I think that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, American Dragon, whatever they want to call him, whatever his name is now, great worker, astonishing worker, athlete, pure, hundred percent phenom. But and there's always a but. My take on it is that he's set the business back a hundred years, <laughs> if you ask me. And my way of saying my reasoning my reasoning for saying that is uh, Jesse the Body used to say, a good big man will always beat a good little man. Well, he beat three great big men. And he was a, he's a great little man, but he beat three great... I mean, he's a great little man. He beat three great big men. He pretty much disassembled three quarters of evolution. All right? And the fact that this is apparently the new John Cena Superman where nothing seems to injure him and he can kick out of any finisher and kick out anything. It just means the whole selling aspect of, prof- selling aspect of professional wrestling, everything that everybody and all the big men and all the, all the wrestlers built over the years of selling and showing that the product is real and selling the injuries and selling the, the, you know, I mean, for God's sake, the guy couldn't even remember to freaking lift up his arm. He's doing the yes with, at one point, sticking his hand up when his arm is supposed to be injured. He starts doing it and then realizes what he's doing and puts his arm down. You know, so there was no selling. The selling is gone. So he might as well just start being Superman, wear a big S on his chest, get the suit, the black Superman suit from Tony Atlas, put it on and, you know, call him Mighty Mouse, you know, because that's the way it is. It's, there's no selling anymore. So, and I don't blame him for that. It's the, the, the WWE themselves. I don't know if it's Triple H. I don't know who's running the show over there, but you know what? Just, uh, I thought Cena was, 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 was the no-sell king, kick out of every finisher and totally make finishers and everything else obsolete. But this guy just proved it, you know, to me, so the wrestling business and everything, the old school wrestling business is one swirl down the toilet from going down the tubes. So, wow. Let's hope that Gino Caruso and Mario Savoldi get this thing going. You know? I hear you, man. Let's, you know, let's hope that they can somehow bring old school back because, I mean, if I get hit with a chair, I'm going to sell it. If you throw me into a guardrail, I'm down. As big as I am, I'm down. And if you really do yeah, that to me, I'm ask, down. Can I ask a question? Yes. For, for for Mr. Anderson, um, I've I've always heard a phrase amongst wrestlers, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, getting a reaction is better than getting no reaction. Am I correct? Getting a reaction is is excellent. Yes, no reaction is excellent. Okay. Okay. Now I understand what you're saying that Cena isn't resonating with the majority of the audience, and he has been pushed down the throats of of the majority of the fans. And I I agree with you on that point. However. I was in that stadium. He was getting booed out of that building. Listen to me. Getting booed. Turn him heel. That's what I'm saying. Turn him into a heel. 
the fans want him to be healed. You turn him into a heel. Turn him heel, and then guess what? Everyone's going to cheer it, and then he'll be a baby face all over again. Uh, you know what? I, 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 I just think that I think the fans don't really care one way or another about John Cena. I'm I really think they don't care. If you were going to put the strap on someone, I mean, who would you put the strap on right now in the WWE? Who would be your guy? Well, obviously, you know what? You knew by the reaction of the fans, they had to put the strap on on, on Daniel Bryan because the, there would have been a riot in, in the Superdome. There would have been a riot in the Superdome. You know, they, they, the fans wanted him to have so the fans spoke. You know, but I mean, as, as far as I, I wouldn't have put the belt on him at all. You know, I think I would have left him in the cruiserweight division or the light heavyweight division or tag team. You know, he's he's too small, you know, to be heavyweight champion. I got you. You know, before I let you, know? you go, before I let you go, Andrew, I just want you know, you are ECPW heavyweight champion. Uh, you know, fans want to see you in the ring. Uh, where can we see you in the next few weeks? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, East Coast Professional Wrestling is going to be at Paramus Hawks Lodge behind Raymore Flanagan, Route 17 North in Paramus, New Jersey, for ECPW on fire TV taping. And I'm going to be. Uh, that's going to be on the 18th. On the 19th, we're in Elmira, New York, at the first arena. And then uh, from there on, I think there's a there's a show in the Bronx on the 26th at uh, Francis Xavier School. I'm going to be at Chiller Theater um, uh, Convention for the 25th, 26th, 27th with Greg Valentine and Bush, Bushwhacker Luke. Um, God, the list goes on and on. The appearances go on and on. I'm going to be at uh, Toy Con uh, in Parsippany, New Jersey on uh, June 20, 28th and 29th. Um, I'm going to be, let's see, oh, yeah, I could go on and on. I just, uh, shoot, I don't have my schedule in front of me. I wish I did. I'm going to be in uh, Delaware again in June. Where could fans go if they want to check out your schedule? ECBW1.com or hit me up on Drew the Wrestler on Twitter. Andrew Anderson, the Reinforcer Andrew Anderson Facebook fan page. Or uh, just Google me at Andrew Anderson. Andrew Anderson on, on, um, on Facebook. Check me out on Facebook at, at Andrew Anderson. Very uh, good. Just look for, the, look, for the, look for the picture of me flexing with Doug DeVito right next to me. So you can't miss me. The great white buffalo. Good stuff. Thank you so much for giving us some, some time tonight. Looking forward to this Friday. I'll be there as well. So uh, hashtag no merger. We'll see you That's right, brother. And, and, and listen, and I didn't break Ken Reedy's leg. I broke the hearts of the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Take care. Andrew Anderson with uh, – you know, he, he doesn't mince words. Uh, you know, strong words for uh, Nancy Grace as well as, uh, you know, not happy with Daniel Bryan as champion. Uh, interesting take on, on John Cena as well. Uh, strong opinions. He's, he's been in the business, you know. That's what makes the wrestling world go round. Everyone has an opinion, but he's in the business, and he's right. You know, the, the I, I never looked at it that way, but you got a, a, a guy, a kind of a small guy who uh, – dismantled three-quarters of uh, evolution. Um, again, the fans called for it, so you see why he's the choice. But uh, interesting stuff there. And on a very special show tonight, we're going to continue with our guests. We have Ray Ray Mars on the line right now. Ray Ray, how are you doing this evening? Gary, Gary, I am doing fantastic. Just sitting back here in my humble abode watching some baseball on the ESPN, doing a swing of my Rebel IPA for the working man. Here's one for you right now. So you're hard at work putting this podcast up, this, uh, this show here. 
Well, like, I, you know, I want to know, again, we're, we wanted to get, like, uh, you know, the take of people in the business uh, uh, on WrestleMania weekend. And, uh, you know, why don't we start off, though, with the unfortunate passing of the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, your thoughts on, on the Ultimate Warrior? Uh, wow. It's still, honestly, surreal. Just the fact that so close. Uh, this is the first... Monday, the thing that we're eight days away from WrestleMania, it's the first Raw since it's passing. It's really just crazy to think about how fast this whole thing happened. And just, like, I know I, my, me and my crew of people, we didn't want to go into the Hall of Fame down in uh, WrestleMania weekend. But we were at WrestleMania. We were at the Raw the next night. We were at two of the final three appearances that this guy made. It's still such a weird thing to think about. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I, met, I met a guy down in New Orleans. You may or may not have met him uh at one point in the night at the swamp, a guy by the name of Peter McDermott, who's a Australian photographer for boxing, he was in Vegas for the Pacquiao Bradley fight, and I think he remembered who I was. He accepted my friend request on Facebook, where I was able to see that I believe just a couple hours before it was reported that he passed, he was at a picture of his son with Warrior at the airport, and it very well could be the last known picture of Warrior uh, alive. Just, just, and just think about that too. Just like, like you just never know what's going to happen. You know, who, who you're going to meet, and just you know, the kind of things that are going to go down. This is this is an unbelievable WrestleMania weekend as it was, and unfortunately, kind of a sad uh, exclamation point to the whole ordeal. But this is it's just surreal, it really is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 hard to just like you said. It's it's like you just don't believe that it actually happened uh you know we were there we got to hang out a little bit uh down in new orleans um your overall impression of, of wrestlemania weekend did you have a good time in new orleans oh okay well, i've been going since wrestlemania 25 from houston up every year up until now this is actually my seventh wrestlemania this past one and easily i just the whole atmosphere just seeing how much wrestling and wrestlemania just took over New Orleans. I mean, they say it sounds kind of cliche, but unless you were there, you really don't know that it, 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 that's exactly how it's best to describe it. I mean, last year with it being so close to, in New Jersey, in New Jersey and MetLife, you know, it, there was still that, there was still, it was still cool, you know, it was still WrestleMania feel, but you didn't have that same experience as, you know, having to walk a mile or two back to where you parked and just, you know, interacting with all these people who were just coming from the same event you were. It was more of that camaraderie and just, in, in that respect, I thought it was pretty cool uh, to have that aspect of it, whereas we didn't have that for the past couple of years. Just with New Orleans being so small, and it, well, not small, but, you know, small as it sounds in comparison to the other past couple of WrestleManias, the towns they were held in, just being able to have that experience. Like, w- walking back to our hotel, we, you know, we run into you guys. We were able to talk WrestleMania for a little while before we continue on our journey. It's just a very cool atmosphere, very cool vibe, solid card overall, in my opinion. And to me, this is definitely the most fun I've had on a trip to WrestleMania, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say because I've been at everyone since 25 as well. And, like, last year, it was just something about it, maybe that we're from the area, uh, that, like, I don't know, it didn't quite get that WrestleMania feel. So I felt like it had been two years. Uh, it was a good card, a uh, lot of fun. A lot of fun from what I remember. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lots, exactly. lots of nights staying up till 4.30 in the morning. Uh, New Orleans just kind of... It, it, it sucks you in, and it's like, hey, well, all right, we'll just go out for a couple, and then all of a sudden uh, it, the, the sky is starting to get light out. Um, yeah. I'm curious, you know, the, the 
pick one. The big shocker, I guess, coming out of WrestleMania. Again, for you, a guy in the business. Ray Ray Mars, we're talking to him right now. Uh, Undertaker losing as a wrestler and also as a wrestling fan. Your thoughts on the match and was this the right move, uh, Taker being defeated by Brock Lesnar? Man. Uh, well, first and foremost, I mean, you probably have a whole you know, podcast dedicated to just talking about this match and the effects of it because you can go on and on and on like we've all been doing since. This is easily the most, well, probably one of the most, if not the most controversial move uh, with the whole, with the streak ending. It's, it was very controversial because after the match is over, you know, we're going out to get food before the main event and everybody is so mad. And I had somebody in line and ahead of me talking about it. They could have, you know, they could have put, you know, put giving the street to someone like Damian Sandow, and I don't even know what he said after that. All I heard was Damian Sandow should have gotten the streak instead of Brock Lesnar, which speaks to how strongly people felt about this. And, you know, I don't know why necessarily, you know, Brock was the guy, but I'll tell you one thing. It just, there's not many heart-stopping moments you can say that you were a part of, and that was easily a hard – once that three-count hit and just – there seemed to be that confusion, screen left light, and all of a sudden it's real when you see 21-1, and one, and you're just witnessed arguably one of the top three, if not the biggest moment in, Wrestle, in WrestleMania history because of how much the streak has been built up. And, and we all took it for granted. You know, we can say that we didn't, but we all did because, you know, whereas a couple of years ago we're talking about, okay, well, what if we get to WrestleMania 30, Undertaker still undefeated, is that where he loses? And now – with the streak being what it is, those conversations shifted to, okay, well, next year he's going to get Sting, then maybe the next year he'll be in Dallas, you know, maybe he'll lose the streak there. And everybody's looking past Brock Lesnar, who, to somebody watching WrestleMania who's maybe not as much of a wrestling fan, you know, even if they hear as little what they may hear about the streak, you've got to look at that as being the most legitimate threat that Undertaker has had to the streak from a storytelling perspective and the one guy that everybody seemed to look past this weekend. And, you know, all us, we're guilty, you know, my group of people we were with talking about, you know, what we could see from The Undertaker in the future at WrestleMania and just kind of assuming that it was going to happen because you just don't want to believe it. I think part of you doesn't want to believe that it ends. You know, our, our, uh, our good buddy, Mr. Mr. Darius Carter, is one of the biggest Undertaker fans I know. And, you know, the, you, you know how much he likes to, to speak. I swear to God, he was silent for two hours after that match ended. He could not believe it as well as a lot of us couldn't believe it. Just had that sort of a effect on everybody who was there to be a part of it. Easily probably the biggest moment in WrestleMania history, and I feel actually very honored to be a part of it. Whether or not it was the right call, it's not for me to say. But I understand certainly from a business perspective uh, why that was the call that was made. I mean, you bring up a good point. It's it's almost like, you know, we just had uh, the reinforcer Andrew Anderson on and talking about, uh, you know, big men uh, versus smaller guys. And, uh, you know, having, like you said, Brock Lesnar, a legitimate badass. You know, people saying it should have been, quote, unquote, given to Daniel Bryan. And, you know, if, if those two guys met on the streets, you know, you would think there's no contest. Like, uh, Taker beats Daniel Bryan uh, very easily when you look at the size difference. Uh, in, in ending a streak like this, you had a legit badass, uh, a Big big guy uh, is the guy that ultimately ends the streak, and maybe maybe that was you know again my gut reaction was uh, it wasn't the right move. Um, 
you know, I was kind of quiet for a while. I'm shocked. I mean, I think this moment was kind of historical uh, for the fact that uh, it was Taker's only loss at WrestleMania and that Darius was quiet for two hours because those are two things that, you know, maybe <laughs> will never happen again. In, I mean, obviously the streak, but uh, that, that's quite historical in the, in the context of pro wrestling. <laughs> Exactly. And, I mean, the match itself, a lot of people also were convinced that, and I feel like they thought, they expected a lot more. I mean, to me, I, mean, I saw the match for what it was, and that was a fight. And they built and it, they built it up as being a fight, like Undertaker's going to have to fight to keep the streak alive. And whether or not, you know, I don't know, but all, you know, hearing about how maybe Undertaker was concussed for most of the match, so maybe it kind of had to be that way for a bit. Either way, I, I got it. I mean, me personally, you know, we think, you know, the legend, the streak, and the folklore of the Undertaker. We're almost expecting a better. I guess, I don't want to say a better match than what we got, but I know a lot of people that do feel that way that we should have gotten a better match out of it. But I, to me, I was able to see and and once I watched it back on the network, and I watched the video package. To me, that just told you everything right there. If you pay attention to that video package enough, you know Brock's winning that match. It was just from the way everything was put together. Like and we didn't again, we didn't want to believe it. We all kind of took it for granted in a way, but there it is. We just had the biggest moment, and everyone's still talking about it, as you can see. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm also curious, Ray, what were your thoughts on, on the main event and Daniel Bryan uh, winning the title? Oof. I have no problem with Daniel Bryan winning the title. Uh, first, I thought Match with Hunter was with Triple H, excuse me. We're not we're on a first name basis or anything. But that match was a very good match, and I thought it set up perfectly for the end. And I'll tell you what, I don't think The Undertaker loses at WrestleMania if there's not 1,000% confidence that Orton, Bryan, and Batista are going to go out there. And in a lot of ways, I don't want to say save the show, but I think for some people it might have saved the show. And they, they, they kind of had to in that situation. Because, yeah, you can make the argument that everyone knew that it was going to be Daniel Bryan, but in a way... And to me, I, a lot of people, we all felt like it was inevitable. But at the same time, I'm there for the ride. I've been there for the ride the whole time. I want to see it through to the finish. I want to enjoy it to the finish. And just, again, like I said, going back and watching it on the network, if you haven't already, just little things that you don't see, like the look on Batista's face when he throws Brian out of the ring and he covers Randy after the flying knee. And, we, and for a split second, I even thought, no, no, not like this. And then you see Dave's face, a smile and a smirky little smile, and then Randy kicks out and just plays goes crazy. They made it. They made. They did the job of making you think. You know, you saw Batista was doing it at one point. Orton looked like he had it at one or two points. Even if you kind of say that you quote unquote knew how the match was going to end, being able to see it through to the finish, you knew that they had to put on. They had to. That match had to be perfect, for the way you know it was built up and all things considered in order to, quote-unquote, maybe save WrestleMania for some people after Undertaker lost. And, again, there's not that confidence they can all do it. I know you were saying to me at one point that you were somewhat worried about whether Dave and Mr. Batista, excuse me, my first names, <laughs> whether Batista <laughs> would be able to keep up with the other two. And I thought he did a very good job, all things considered. Orton, too, when Orton's on his game, there's not a lot of people that are better. And Brian, you just know, you know what you get with him. And they all did their parts, I think, in making that match Exactly how it needed to be, and again, you got the big, you got the big reaction at the end of WrestleMania. It did its job. It was believable. Uh, and I thought it was, I was right, definitely to be pleasantly surprised with with the main event. I thought, and I thought Batista looked good. Uh, I agree with you. I think that he uh, finally like 
you know, got his legs under him. Uh, you know, now, again, you know, no one's going to confuse Batista with Daniel Bryan as far as, like, his, his in-ring work. But he is who he is. Um, but he looked a lot better than he did in the Royal Rumble. And, uh, yeah, I don't think you're, you're exaggerating there saying that uh, on a lot of levels uh, they had to save WrestleMania because I think they kind of did. And, you know, my feeling in the arena, I mean, you know, after Taker lost, the, the air was just kind of sucked out. And going into that main event, as much as, you know, everyone was rooting for Daniel Bryan, I still kind of felt like there was a hangover that uh, the crowd yeah. wasn't as feverish as as maybe they would have uh, if Taker had won to start that match yeah. off. Uh, it was almost like it took them almost till we're like kudos to the three quarters of evolution that were there. Uh, it was almost like the crowd really started to get into it once Triple H came down and interfered and got into booing him and then consequently the energy level in, in the place kind of rose. And, uh, you know, again, but I, I don't even think at the end the crowd was as, as fever-pitched as maybe they, they could have been. Uh, Taker match did take a lot of that crowd, but I thought the triple threat match was great. Uh, I thought the uh, opening match was great. And uh, all in all, I think it was a, a really solid show. I mean, a solid to, to great show. I'm You know, for someone like you who's been to so many WrestleManias, is this is – this, uh, Tops, so where does this rank as far as ones you've been to live? I mean, well, it's still only eight days removed, so right now my, my recency bias is going to put this one at or near the top. And just and when you look at WrestleMania in the grand scheme of things, a couple of years down the road, you might look back at you know some of the better WrestleMania matches of all time and find that most of them really came from from this card. I mean, this card had a, there was really not too many bad matches from what I saw. I mean, I didn't, you know, Shield match, I, you know, we all would have liked that to be a little bit longer, but that did, I feel like, what it needed to do, and she, they made the Shield untouchable again. Yeah, the women's match was what it was, and to me also, I, you know, Cesaro, the two guys that were made at this WrestleMania, this WrestleMania made, I feel like, Cesaro, and I feel like it also made Bray Wyatt. That match was seen as, you know, again, going back and watching that one, that proved that Bray could hang with a guy like John Cena in a main event level match at WrestleMania, which is what it was. And you don't really see that for a guy who hasn't been on the main roster for that long. So for me, that match, like, just the entire story of that match and just, just the way it was, like, kind of, again, the way it was put together, I like to watch a lot of the little things, like seeing his reaction as soon as he wins that match. Like, just that, it, to me, it just kind of, kind of, like, told the story perfectly in a way. And to me, it kind of established Bray as a main threat guy. We got Cesaro doing Cesaro things. We got Scott Armstrong. I popped huge for Scott Armstrong coming out in the main event and then getting kicked in the head. It was great. But all in all, this WrestleMania did what it needed to do. And they, you know, got the big, and I was kind of saying to uh, to the Joe about halfway through, I'm like, isn't it weird? He, he, I feel like the fans have almost gotten everything they wanted. And then an hour later, we got The Undertaker losing. So <laughs> it was just such a weird vibe, but a good vibe. And to me, it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I thought oh, it was no. great. Let this be a lesson to uh, your fans out there. You know, when you look at Bray Wyatt, and it's like, oh, Bray Wyatt should have beaten Cena. You know, if you're good and you're talented, I agree with you. I think that made Wyatt uh, showed he can hang with a main eventer, and, and the sky's the limit with a, a Bray Wyatt. Before we let you go, Ray, let the fans know where we where can we see you in the ring in the in the not too distant future. 
In the not-so-distant-future, I will be wrestling for the BWO April 26th, Saturday, in the Little Egg Harbor. Not the exact address on me. But I will be plugging that on the Facebook or the Twitter. Follow me, at Ray Ray Mars, all one word. Um, I hadn't had too much in the realm of wrestling recently. I've been having some elbow complications from uh, my last matchup with Delirious, the last BWO show, where I suffered a elbow subluxation in my right elbow, and some some minor back issues. I've been kind of taking it easy for a bit. Once BWO comes up, I do feel like Ray Ray Mars uh, is going to start to go. I uh, See, I'm always looking to better myself and better my, my brand name, my character, so to speak, and I feel like there's going to be a good amount of changes uh, to the Ray Ray Mars brand name and to the character in a way. I uh, don't really know what they're going to be, but i got a little bit of time to think about that before the BWO. I'm leaving for Florida for a week tomorrow, so I'll get some time to clear my mind and think about where to go from here. Very good. Thank you for giving us some time, Ray, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you much, and uh, thank you guys for letting me ramble my, my ramblings about Mania, and uh, no sweet beer for the working man and woman over there, and uh, have a good one, guys. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. And there you have Ray Ray Mars, a very special uh, night here at the Ken Reed Show. It's been cool tonight, Dave. You know, right, you know, getting a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, Steve Off, the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, Ray Ray Mars, uh, three guys in the business giving us uh, their perspective on things. It's pretty cool. Yeah, two out of three of the uh, three of our guests tonight, you know, came up with the assumption that overall WrestleMania was a good show. Mr. Anderson, entitled to his opinion, felt that it was not and picked and choose, you know, the things that he didn't like about it overall. But, um, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Oh, and it's cool. I like hearing, you know, different opinions. I mean, you know, valid points. And if you're got, you know, I was always a fan growing up of the big guys, uh, so it is interesting, you know, uh, looking at it. Anderson is a big guy, so, uh, you know, I understand his point of view. So uh, it's cool getting that, you know, not all everyone agreed, all three in the business, not all of them agreed. So uh, definitely really interesting stuff. We're going to keep going with the calls. Some people have been real patient, on hold. Here we got Mikey on the line. Uh, Mike, are you there? Yes, I am, guys. How, How are you guys doing? tonight? Long time no speak. What do you got for us? Very upset about the Ultimate Warriors death. Uh, I am so um, I'm so happy that he finally got to go into the Hall of Fame, but I'm upset. You know, it took all this time for him to get there. He finally got there, and then he passed away, like he did. Um, you know, and and I heard Andrew Anderson talking about Nancy Grace. What does you know? What do people expect from Nancy Grace? Because she doesn't know. A wrist, a wrist lock from a, a wrist watch from a wrist uh, lock, and then and then she she puts up on the thing about wrestle that died and stuff with steroids. Owen Hart did not die because of steroids. So you know, to Nancy Grace, if I was you, I, w I would just stick to what you know, which is nothing. So that's my opinion on on that that whole um, the whole situation. Um, I you know. I was in the hospital visiting my friend, and we were watching TV, and I said to him, you know, the ultimate warrior doesn't look like himself. And he didn't even paint his face or something. And then um, he shook the ropes, and he was blown up. So I knew something was wrong with him. But, I, but I'm, I'm so happy and I'm so proud that me as a wrestling fan and a lot of people grew up with the ultimate warrior. 
you know, shook the ropes, shook the intensity, had the intensity. And you know what? So what? He had personal problems in wrestling. Everybody has. There's books on everybody. Everyone talks bad about everybody. But at the end of the day, Ultimate Warrior made peace with everybody, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm proud of that. I feel like you're a big Warrior fan. What was your uh, favorite Warrior moment growing up? So many, so many, um, so many. I when he beat the honky, when he beat the honky tonk man, so many, so many promos, so many. When he when he beat the Macho Man, you know, was a great match. Him and you know him and Macho Man went back and forth, and you know Macho Man did everything he could. I mean, Macho dropped five elbows on the Ultimate Warrior, and the Ultimate Warrior kicked out. And I remember the the one when when Ultimate Warrior was walking away and he was talking to his hands, and he said, "This is not my destiny. This is not my time." And then he turned around and he said, "This is my destiny. This is my time." So the Ultimate Warrior to me, I always remember what he talked about when he talked about destiny and timing and everything like that. To me, to me, that's what it that's what it was, you know. And, yeah, him and Hulk Hogan, and, you know, Triple H went on um, ESPN. You could probably find it because I found the interview. And Triple H, they extra, well, Triple H said his, his best match, everybody would probably say Hogan versus, Hogan versus the Warrior. Triple H said his best match would probably be, be um, the night after WrestleMania when he got to make his speech and what he said. You know, everybody knows that Triple H and him have some, some beef and Triple H said a lot of things about him but the one thing I can tell you about Triple H is he's a stand-up guy you know and 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 DDP is a stand-up guy too you know to go on Nancy Grace's show and sit there and Nancy said and he said you know everybody took steroids and she said well I didn't I didn't stick anything in my my body well you know what then then you're not then, then you're not human you know what I'm saying? Then you you just want to be a hypocrite and talk about stuff that you know. Wrestling is for wrestling is for everybody, wrestling fans, and everybody makes a mistake in life. But like I said, I'm so happy the Ultimate Warrior got his spotlight, got his time to shine, and him and Macho were up there celebrating together. They're holding their hands up together. I could see it. Macho Man welcomes him. And and I'm I'm like I said it, it was it's good. Was he? I'm curious. Was he like your favorite growing up? No, you know you you everyone knows my favorite growing up was Hulk Hogan. I grew up a Hulk Hogan fan. The Ultimate Warrior, yeah, the Ultimate Warrior was a second kind. Of, well, Bret Hart. Everyone knows Bret Hart. It's, for me, it was Hogan, Bret Hart, and Triple H are my three biggest guys. But Ultimate Warrior was my my second Ultimate Warrior was my my guy, Kai. He was. I mean, you know, I love the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, when when he beat Hogan, you know, I was I was crying. I was upset. But it wasn't until like you know, when the Ultimate Warrior left and he came back and then he left and he came back and you know, it was it was a whole big thing. I mean, I can remember him him taking on Rick Rude. He had some great matches with Rude. You know, and Rick Rude was such a great wrestler, and the two of them worked so good together. I can remember him stuffing Bobby Heenan in the weasel suit. You know, I can remember all this stuff, you know, all his, his Survivor Series promos. As a matter of fact, one of the times I was on the, the phone with you guys, I played one of his promos. 
where he was talking about stuff um, when he was with the when he was the captain of the, of the Warriors and stuff. So to me, the Ultimate Warrior was just you know was just he was that he brought the intensity. He you know yeah he may not have been whatever they said or technical wrestler or whatever. He could he could yeah, people mock him because he threw clotheslines and stuff. The one thing I could tell you about the Ultimate Warrior when he was on his game, he was there. What he did after, what he did when he walked away from the, whatever he did, that's his own, own personal business, you know. And it's good to hear that Hulk Hogan shook his hand. I'm happy, and, you know. It's good to hear that all these wrestlers embraced him and talked to him. I'm happy, you know. You know they say life is too short. Maybe everybody could just relax and get along, and and and, and that's it. That's all I would like to see, you know, from the Flares, Hogan, this one that one, who's not talking to whom. You know what, Shawn Michaels and, and Burhart, they capitalized on something. They they were enemies for years, but they capitalized on it. They went and made DVDs, books. Heck, I know a couple of people on Facebook that went and met them at these autograph signings that paid all this money for them. You know, because they talked about dinosaurs. They called all these guys, you know, um, Hogan and Warrior dinosaurs. You know what, after all this, Everybody wrestles. Everybody does what they can do. Whether it's big men, small men, they're out there. Whether it's women, whether it's midgets, managers, they're all doing this. They're doing it because they love it. They're doing this because they're going to entertain the fans. And you know what? Andrew Anderson made a good point when he said the world lost, you know, this guy lost family. He lost family. He lost friends. He lost, you know. But the one thing that I could say is, the ultimate warrior will always live on. You know, he said it. It's going to beat through the fans. The blood's going to pump. And we're going to hear it. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to say what the warrior would say. Mike, thank you so much for the call. That's a uh, real good stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, just bury bury the hatchet. You know, all these, these silly little beefs between uh, wrestlers. Uh, Thanks a lot for the call. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you again, and uh, take care. Well, of we'll see. We'll see down the line how I'm. You know, I'll let you guys know. I'll give you a call when I when I get my stuff together. And it's been a long process for me, and I'm trying to get myself together and trying to find out who the hell I am. And you know, I have a good support team. My best friend Magic is one of my biggest supporters, as I as I have him. And um, you know, I appreciate the time, guys, and. As always, Ken, Dave, you guys are great guys. And, you know, Michelle G., you guys are great. You know, everybody, the G., everybody is is great. I have a good support system, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you very much for my time. Take care, Mike. Yeah, Mike, you know, obviously, uh, you know, hit hard with the, the death of the Ultimate Warrior. And I think that's, you know, Dave, it's part of it. You know, there's something about pro wrestling that's different than, than other celebrity, there's there's something about a, a connection. Maybe it is because of so many live events, but a a connection with fans that it you know when when the passing of someone like the Warrior, someone who happens to be uh, you know one of your favorites, um, it, it does hit hard. It's it's not like a close relative, but it's you know it's almost like you know losing a friend or a distant friend, but it's it's a little more than just a fan to celebrity type relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for for certain guys and and people who they connect with, I mean, I mean, I'll go on record saying 
Um, I, I was, I was, I was shook up at Randy Macho Man Savage's passing. He was, him and Hogan were my two guys. And, you know, Randy Savage didn't, I've always been a big proponent of guys getting a good send-off. And I'm glad that the Ultimate Warrior had gotten that good send-off. And Ric Flair had probably the best send-off in the history of wrestling. Hogan's had it before. Shawn Michaels. The list goes on and on. And Randy Savage had not gotten his just due. And it's still talked about to this day. And just to, just not to see him on television, you know, and, and do the, ooh, yeah, and all that other stuff. And I was just, I was really disappointed. Like, as a, as a wrestling fan, I was being a little bit selfish. So I was like, Dan, I'm not going to be there to see him ever get inducted into a Hall of Fame again. And then I was thinking to myself at the same time, Dan, like, he's not going to get his just due. Like, he's not going to get his, his proper send-off that he deserves for what he's contributed to the wrestling business and to the WWE. And I was pretty upset about that. I was pretty upset about just him passing overall because usually guys, they, they, they go out with a bang or they go out being noticed. Randy Savage just kind of disappeared. And that's that's the connection that I had, and I was pretty happy. I was kind of, you know, disappointed and upset like Mike was about the Ultimate Warrior. So I can understand his feelings on it, and a lot of people's feelings about the Ultimate Warrior passing. I mean, he said it earlier. He was a larger-than-life superhero character. He was the alternative to Hulk Hogan. Um, You know, Hogan was, you know, the, the guy, but... If Hogan was around at that time, Warrior was the other guy, and Warrior had a similar similar values and a similar kind of character, but different at the same time. And uh, he related to a lot of people, and unfortunately, um, the timing of it all is very sad. Yeah, you know, and, and Dave, you know, tremendous show tonight. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, jumped on board tonight uh, to help us out, getting a, a business perspective. And, you know, there's so much we didn't get to, but... Uh, you know, we talked about planning out this show. Um, you know, we really felt like we needed to let the show kind of evolve how it was going to evolve. And, uh, you know, that's how it went. So, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we're about a minute away, a couple minutes away from wrestle from uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, there's an IC number one contender uh, tournament that is going to be on Monday Night Raw tonight, in addition to, obviously, uh, the tributes for uh, one Ultimate Warrior. So uh, we're heading into Monday Night Raw. Um, we'll have our Raw chat, as always, on the Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Show. You want to talk about Monday Night Raw. And, jeez, uh, Dave, I mean, you know, great guests tonight, great insight on the business. Um, next week, we'll, we'll, we'll hit on so many things we got to hit on. I'm sure tonight we're going to get further uh explanations on where the Wyatts and John Cena is going. And there's a lot we got to get into next week about this storyline because I do think, and I said it before, let this be a lesson to you, kids. You don't necessarily need to win a match uh, to get over. And and Wyatt is uh, That guy is going to be an absolute star. So we are headed towards Monday Night Raw, a special Ken Reedy show. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, tonight for Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you so much. And we're going to end you with this, uh, RIP ultimate warrior, rest in peace, uh, tragic passing. This is for you.